Yo, what is going on, everyone? This is Francis from the Budden Sports Podcast with another episode of the weekly waiver wire report. And this is going to be week five matchups. Um, last week, hopefully, y'all got a win. I squeezed by, had a 27 point lead going into the Monday night game. Uh, my opponent had Tyler Higby and Matt Gay, the kicker. And I ended up winning by a single point. So, stressed. Stressed. Um, But this week, let's dive right into it. Because there are some players out there that have a lot of potential. uh, Both by what they've proven lately. And um, with the rest of their schedule and certain matchups. So, we're going to start with the quarterbacks. Um, Give me a second here. Let me open up the list. Um, Geno Smith, Geno Smith, you're going to get the best of Geno Smith this year because that team is definitely playing with the chip on their shoulder. Everyone, including me, had them at the bottom five, uh, by the end of the season. Um, they don't really have many pieces on both sides of the ball. And you have Geno Smith, who's been somewhat of a journeyman backup had problems early in his career um but now he's he's matured and you know he's he's embracing the opportunity that he has and he can win some games and and put up some numbers um especially when the matchup is soft so i definitely think you should roster geno smith just to play him in with favorable matchups um i think the chargers is a good matchup for him the giants um, he has Raiders on his schedule. He has the Panthers. He has the Jets, Week 17. Um, so there are certain spots where you could definitely ch- take your chance with Geno. Um, he did put up, this past week against the Lions, put up 30 fantasy points, which was a lot better than uh, a lot of QB1s out there. Definitely better than Marcus Mariota. If you started Mariota this week like I did, Eesh. Shit was painful. Um, another one that I like um, is Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. Now, so far, he hasn't, you know, the opportunities that he has had to get on the field, has he flashed greatness? No. But I think if Tua is going to be out for a while, if not the rest of the season, um, Teddy Bridgewater has plenty of weapons around him that can get yards after the catch. He does not necessarily have to make the hardest throws. Um, You know, you can potentially get a huge play from a Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle screen um, or even a dump off to Raheem Mostert. Um, I think I believe he did hit a bomb to Tyreek Hill when he did go in this last game. So he's capable of the deep ball, too. And I think the more reps he gets, he might, you know, polish up a little bit and kind of get into that mindset of, okay, I'm going to be the starter for a while. Um, it's it's a big question mark with, with how they're going to handle the Tua situation, but I know it's a sensitive topic. So we can expect that it's going to go for, for a, at least a few weeks. And he has a very favorable match um, schedule. Um, he has the Jets next. And then he goes to the Vi- and then he's at home against the Vikings, at home against the Steelers. Then he goes at Detroit, and then at Bears. So you have a stretch of about five games 
where Teddy Bridgewater and that offense has great matchups against some mediocre to poor defenses. So there's there's potential there. I, you know, at least one of those games, I'm going to put the floor at one. It should be two. At least, we'll say two. At least two of those games, he should post anywhere from 20 to 30 fantasy points. Should. Um, he would definitely have to come out worse, like looking worse than even Mitchell Trubisky or or Tannehill against the Bills. Um, just garbage. But I don't necessarily see that. I think he has a great coach behind him in Mike McDaniels. I think the Dolphins have been on the come up. And like I said, plenty of weapons around him where they can make the big play. He doesn't necessarily have to make the big play. So Teddy Bridgewater is definitely someone to look at. Um, I believe there was one more. Let me get back to this list. Um, Well, two, I guess. Kenny Pickett, you could take your dice roll. I mean, we don't know what to expect. He is a rookie. He didn't look the greatest last game, but he moved the ball more than Mitch Trubisky. And kind of like Bridgewater, he has a nice supporting cast. Najee Harris behind him, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens is emerging, um, Chase Claypool. So that that room is strong. That offense should be strong. They just need solid quarterback play. And Kenny Pickett is getting is most likely getting his opportunity since Mike Tomlin pulled Mitch Trubisky out of that game. Um, and he's gonna he's gonna show us what he has, and it might not be the prettiest. As long as it's better than Trubisky, he could put up some solid fantasy numbers. Um, so if you want to take your dice roll on that, because if he ends up being very solid and he can a- and ends up averaging anywhere from 15 to 25, that's a that's a great pickup off the wire. Um, not really going to go too much into his schedule or should we? Let me let me see. Let me take a look at his schedule. What's it looking like? Well, I'll tell you what. The next two games, definitely a risky, a risky start because he's at Buffalo. And then he's at home against the Bucks. Two very solid defenses. Buffalo's a little banged up, but they should still be able to perform. Then he goes at Miami, which is a little softer. That defense has kind of been up and down. Um, and then he goes at Eagles, so that's kind of a solid defense as well. But you could stash Kenny Pickett because week 12, week 13, he's at Colts, at Falcons. He has the Panthers on his schedule. He has the Raiders on his schedule. Um, So there are, you know, you could pick your spots on on when you want to take a chance on him. Um, He does have a good supporting cast, so that's promisable. It's not like a Justin Fields situation where you still don't really know how good Justin Fields is. And on top of he has nothing. He has nobody doesn't have a line this man's getting sacked probably more than burrow did last year by by the end of the season he's probably gonna be the most sacked quarterback that's what it feels like every time i check um whatever defense plays the against the bears they they always have anywhere from four to seven sacks it feels like um and then honorable mention jacoby Brissett. He's been putting up solid numbers. There there has not been one dud of a game so far. His floor has been 10. That was his absolute. And his ceiling was is 17. So it's like this consistent, solid play from 
Jacoby Brissett. It's and I feel like because that offense is is starting to play a lot more balance between the run game, uh, finding Amari Cooper and Joku. They do need to get Donovan Peoples Jones involved a little more just to kind of take the stress off the other players. Um, but Jacoby Brissett has not posted a single digit game uh, this whole as of four weeks. You know, four weeks in, and he does have the Chargers next. It goes to a questionable Patriots. Then he's at Ravens. Then he has Bengals, Dolphins. So, like I said, you could you could pick your spots on on some of these quarterbacks with with the matchups that they have. Um, let's move on. Moving on to running backs. Uh, Raheem Mostert is currently sitting at fifty three percent rostered. So in a lot of leagues, at least half the leagues out there, Raheem Mostert is available, and I do think. His role kind of increases as time goes on. He did look good um, other than the drop pass last game. He he is still capable of getting chunk plays, of, of being productive. Um, so definitely Raheem Mostert, you should, you know, especially in with, with this season and how it's been going, running back position has been very thin. Uh, so you do want depth there. There's been a lot of injuries already. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Solid pickup. Tyler Algier from the Falcons uh, with Patterson out or probably going to be in and out of the lineups. I don't know how, what's the extent of his injury. But um, Tyler Algier should see an uptick in production and opportunity. Um, We'll see. We'll see how good he can be. But definitely if Corderell Patterson is going to be out, Tyler Algier uh, pretty much becomes the main back there. Um, and the third one, last one I'm going to mention is, is Burkhead, Rex Burkhead. Um, I know Damian Pierce is getting his time now, his, his moment to shine, but they, they still consistently use Rex Burkhead in the past game. Um, let's see through four games, he has had 21 targets. Um, so that averages out to what, about five five and a half targets per game. Um, a lot can come from that. You know, at each reception is a point and plus the yardage, possible touchdown. Last game, he scored a, a receiving touchdown. And other than two kind of dud games, but even posting a six at the, I feel like this year at the running back position, a six is almost like, okay, thank you for not posting a zero or a three. Um, but even then, Rex Burkhead being a backup, he still had had 12 points week one, 14 points this last week. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're running thin, you could pick your spots with with Rex Burkhead. Um, let's move on to wide receivers. There's a few wide receivers on here. Josh Reynolds. As long as, I mean, even before the in- injuries, um, he's been producing, surprisingly. Um, I, I guess he's more that veteran pre- presence at this point. He's been in the league for a few years now, but even before the Amon Ross St. Brown injury, um, back in week two, posted up 12 points, week three, 15 points. And obviously with injuries, uh, he got increased role and opportunities and put up 21 points week four against the Seahawks. So I think Josh Reynolds, even with a healthy Detroit 
offense um, is a decent flex play in, on, on some of these matchups. Um, that offense is fun to watch. It's Jared Goff is playing his best football. Um, he threw four touchdowns, I believe, last game, put up about like 33 fantasy points. Um, and he seems to be comfortable in that system. He seems to truly understand it, be comfortable in it, and he hasn't made major mistakes over and over again. He's been very solid, very poised, uh, very calm. He's matured. He, uh, he took the, you know, he took the whole situation with the Rams, uh, took it on the chin, and he moved on to the to the next phase of his career and focused on that and is making the best out of his time with the Lions. So I do think, you know, similar to kind of like the Bills where you can have Diggs, you can have Gabriel Davis, and you can have Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, those are all solid. Well, other than Diggs, obviously, that's more than solid. That's great. But Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, I feel like they'll they'll switch off between who has the bigger game. Isaiah McKenzie is also coming up as a very solid receiver. So I think there's opportunity everywhere for the Lions to to get points and eat. They So far, they've been scoring a lot of points uh, through the first um, three weeks or four weeks uh, of the season. So Josh Reynolds, I think, is a very solid pickup. Isaiah McKenzie is out here 20% rostered, so he's available in a lot of leagues. Um, and you know, for the same reasons I, that I just stated, um, those receivers on the, on the Bills team, they're going to eat. You have Josh Allen. You don't really have the strongest run game. Singletary might have one or two, maybe three big games, but I think the rest of the games are going to be won by Josh Allen's legs and arm. So the receivers should eat. They should. Um, there was, oh yeah. And Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, just because I like his matchup this week against the Chargers, um, I do think this does have somewhat potential to to be a high-scoring game, especially if the Chargers show up on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so if you have the Browns trailing, he should get more targets. He did get nine uh, last game, put up 12 points without scoring a touchdown. And I feel like eventually Donovan Peoples-Jones has to get a couple tubs. I don't think it's all it's going to be all Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt <laughs> and just rotate the three. I mean, it could. They're kind of built that way. But once in a while, Donovan Peoples-Jones should. You know, with when, when he does get to that high target range, 9 to 12, they, you know, there's a high chance that a touchdown could come out, come out from it. Um, and then I think we're done with wide receivers, tight ends. Um, it's rough. It is rough at the tight end position. Will Disley quietly scores every now and then, but you need to, <laughs> you need to pick your spots. He, ha he does have three touchdowns so far though, um, through four weeks and he has scored back-to-back -back games week three and week four so his target floor or it's not there the consistent targets like if you're hoping for five to ten targets he doesn't even get there he goes from two to four which is very risky to play you know but his numbers are kind of crazy because he only gets two to four targets but there's only been one week where he's posted in the single digits 
for fantasy football. Now, is it sustainable? Is Will Disley going to score for the rest of the season every single game? No, but I have, you know, watching this team a lot and watching them beat my Niners all the fucking time. Um, Will, they like, they like to call his number sometimes, you know, often actually in the red zone. Um, they feel comfortable with some plays. He is very solid for them. He's a solid tight end. It just, he, his target is, they're not there. They, they really do pick their spots when, when it comes to Will Disley, but it's not the first time I've seen him score touchdowns. So as a pure scorer, you could pick your spots. Um, he has the Cardinals, he has the Chargers, Giants, Raiders, Panthers, Jets. So if you're if you're running thin there, you want you want to roll the dice one week on a matchup, Will Disley has been a scorer for the Seahawks. Um and I think honestly ugh, that's the only one worth mentioning. And maybe Cameron Bright. Um I guess, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty rough, pretty rough. So defenses, um, Jaguars, I'll flat out say it. Jaguars have a great matchup and they've been playing good, good football on the defensive side. And you know, some games on the offensive side too, which is why they're actually a solid team and have a, a few win, a couple wins under their belt. Um, but the Jaguars do play the Texans uh, this coming week, week five. Um, so that's a great matchup for that defense. Um, also think Dolphins defense against the Jets, pretty good. Um, and if Titans defense has been buckling down, then they do have a good matchup against the Commanders. Um, so those would probably be the three top defenses I would I would start this week. Kickers, you already know what to do. Close your eyes, pick one, start them. Um, but yeah, it's been a quick episode, but we're on time crunch today. And those are my recommendations for week five off your waiver wire. So hopefully some of those names come, come through next week and uh, you get a dub from it. If you have any recommendations yourself or you think there's a sleeper out there that we should probably talk about, uh, include it in the comments, find our Instagram, just, uh, put it out there and let's talk about it. Um, anyways, this has been Francis from the Budden Sports Podcast. This has been your weekly waiver wire report for week five. Tune in next week for week six. Peace.